is Truth Talks. Welcome back, everyone, to the Truth Talks podcast. I'm your host, Buddy Boone. Thank you all for tuning in today. With me in the studio here uh, is the pastor of Bellcroft Bible Church. His name is Pastor Matt White. How you doing today, sir? I'm doing great, buddy. Good to be with you, man. Good to be with you as well, man. So we're going to jump right back in it. Um, last time we left you on a cliffhanger, uh, and I had a question <laughs> about the defy part. Uh, once again, I want to point to the uh, teaching that uh, Pastor White, uh, Pastor Matt, has done <laughs> on uh, on on understanding a biblical understanding of civil government. Uh, you'll find that on YouTube and uh, on our uh, Bellcroft Bible Church's uh, uh, YouTube channel, and I'll also put the link here in the description. Uh, but the four things that we will do if we are to or to progress to uh, define the government uh, is one: appeal to the government first. Uh, confront uh, the government, uh, confront them uh, pointing where their case is wrong. Uh, The third is to defy, uh, but only if you're doing the first two first and then four, accept the, uh, the, whatever the outcome is, whatever the consequences would be. Yeah. Um, So um, before, before I ask my question, did you want to add to that? Well, yeah, let me just set it up a little bit and say, um, a couple things about that. That all just flows out of Scripture, right? That we see that in Scripture on multiple levels. We see those steps in Scripture. Um, you see it very clearly in the life of Paul, mm-hmm. right? You can see it in, in the in the life of the apostles. You see it in the life of the prophets. Many of the prophets, you see this, especially Daniel. A very clear example throughout the book of Daniel of, of much of this or different aspects of it. Um, and uh, But the life of Paul throughout the book of Acts is really... Uh, instructive and uh, illustrative as it becomes to these steps and this process, if you will, where you watch him do this, right? Where he was wrongfully arrested, wrongfully accused, wrongfully uh, beaten and abused, right? All of the things that would drive us to to defy government and dis- disobey and, and all of those things that, that we will no doubt have to do. Uh, very likely, very soon, mm-hmm. um, because that's where our world is headed. And so, you, so uh, even the Book of Acts and Paul's trials uh, before the Jews and before the uh, before the Romans is really instructive. And you see this in multiple times. And so, those steps aren't always, again, like it is in Scripture. They're not always, you know, uh, sequentially clean and neat. Mm-hmm. Right? It doesn't always. It doesn't always work in a sequential order where it might be like, well, you appeal and then you wait and then you confront and then you defy, you know, that all might happen at the same time. Right. Right. That or you may not even have the opportunity. Some governments, you have no opportunity to appeal. Mm -hmm. Right. Because the government is so wicked and or or the even governmental structure doesn't Mm -hmm. even allow Mm -hmm. for the commoner to yeah. even present their case, yeah. right? And again, I think you see that you mentioned with Daniel, Daniel and the Medes and Persians. Or or you can see this again with Paul when he is, uh, when he is dealing with uh, certain governmental groups, um, like uh, I think it might be when he's dealing with the, the church in Thessalonica, and that was what's known as a free city. And so it was run by its own by its own governmental structure. And so mm-hmm. where Rome had the ultimate power, but Rome gave them freedom to choose their own leaders and kind of let them just have their own way. And that was, a, that was actually a, a kind of like a blessing from Rome because of their support of that region's support of Rome. They kind of gave them freedom, and that's what's, that what was known as a free city. And so government 
kind of there was a kind of a hoopla Mm -hmm. of almost like the wild wild west Mm -hmm. if you will of their leaders and why rome would come in at any moment and stamp out whatever it wanted to because rome had the ultimate authority it gave them great latitude and so when paul is is dealing with that and the issues that came about in there you notice he doesn't he's quiet he doesn't he doesn't say a whole lot when they were uh creating ruckus for the early church that was being uh being established there he um actually let me let me turn there i think it's in um acts uh it's in the acts so while you're doing that uh, i want to just mention that on the on our uh on our belcroft uh bible church youtube there is a certain uh teaching that you did a few wednesdays a a long time ago last year and i think either november or december yeah where you were actually talking through walking through through the the book of acts i went through the whole book of acts following paul Mm -hmm. and helping us see these things yeah and helping us see how he responded differently Mm -hmm. in different times based upon the government that he was facing yeah right so if he's facing the government of the jews when he's dealing with the jewish uh, for lack of a better word, in- inquisitions mm-hmm. that he had to face. He he had to deal with it in a way that was was uh, in response to them. And then here in Acts 17 with Thessalonica, and I mean, it's it's brutal what they went through and what they put the early church under. And that's why when you, when you read the letter to the Thessalonians, it's all about persecution mm-hmm. because they were being just just uh overrun with persecution and paul is he kind of he he slips away he gets out of there now he leaves paul and silas Mm -hmm. he leaves them or he leaves timothy and silas i think behind to kind of continue to shepherd the church Mm -hmm. but he gets out of there because that was the mandate that was the ruling they 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 the church signed this agreement with the government because of the 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 Christians were creating not proactively but because of the faith and their life was creating such a problem in the in the city that the leadership's like hey you've got to you got to get rid of these guys you got to sign a waiver you got to you got to put forward even money saying we're not going to have these guys uh, and this issue uh, a part of our our gathering and so they did they agreed to it and so Paul leaves right and probably because he was probably part of that agreement and so you see him he just he just quietly goes away he doesn't make a big deal he doesn't appeal why because he knew that there was no there's nothing going to happen there's going to be no recourse this is a this is a a rogue government on so many levels compared to the order of rome or even the order of the sanhedrin there's he's not going to get a fair trial he's not going to get this so he uh, you see him respond that way in the free city that's not what he does in philippi right when he's when he's uh dealing with issues there that's not what he does even with the jews he keeps appealing 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 right he appeals to a higher authority then he appeals to a higher authority then when he's in before Felix and Festus, he appeals again because he knows, he can see, I'm not going to get a fair shake here. And then because he's a Roman citizen, he what? He appeals to Caesar himself. Mm-hmm. And he goes, so you can see that reality of appealing and, and, and utilizing the government as God has so orchestrated it and the, and the privileges that often come with different forms and different avenues of government. Paul's utilizing them to his advantage. Mm-hmm. And again, I think, I think it's, it, it behooves all believers to know those blessings and privileges and to utilize them rightly when you're going through this process. And you can see that throughout Scripture. Mm-hmm. But there are times in which you don't have that. Right. I mean, we have 
as part of uh, as Americans, as part of our constitution, which as a side note, really doesn't mean a whole lot today, but that's another podcast <laughs> for another day. Sorry to throw that out there, but it needs to. But part of our constitution is the Bill of Rights and the First Amendment in the Bill of Rights is this it literally it literally says to appeal. Mm-hmm. Right. We have that right. Just like as a Roman citizen, Paul had that right. right. It was part of a Roman citizenship. One of the greatest rights they had was if they felt like they were not getting a fair shake through the through the law, they could at any moment appeal. This is wild when you think about it because we don't even have this, right. where they could appeal to Caesar himself, meaning I want to stand before Caesar and present my case because this is not right. Mm-hmm. And that's what Paul does ultimately. Mm-hmm. Of course, we have that in the Bill of Rights, but not to appear before any president, but to uh, present our case before mm-hmm. the government. So, so that's what we're talking about when these these steps, so to speak, come out. They're flowing right out of Scripture, mm-hmm. but not necessarily always sequentially or in a nice, neat package, especially as uh, Americans, but even as humans, we like everything in syllogistic, sweet forms, right? Yeah. Two plus two equals four. You know, mm-hmm. we love that. We want everything that way. It doesn't, life doesn't normally work that way, especially the Christian life. So when we're given these steps, it's not like they all work perfectly in order like that. We'd like them to, and I think if if you could do it that way, that's probably the best way to do it, to keep things in order and to present your case and all of that. But it's not always that way, and we see it in Scripture where it doesn't. Sometimes it's you in the moment you, you have to defy, but in that moment you're appealing, you're confronting, you're defying, like you're presenting your case, and so um, and and of course then you accept. So my point is, I don't want anybody to misread and think, oh yeah, well it's just that easy. No, it's it's a mess. Anytime you gotta deal with sin, it's a mess. Yeah. And if you're defying because there's sin involved, it's gonna be a mess. Mm-hmm. And so that's where then the underground church and things like that do come into play, mm-hmm. because there comes a time when you 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 will obey God, right? As a believer, that's what we're commanded to do. So the command is to meet and to gather and to evangelize and to preach the word. I'm gonna preach the word. No mm-hmm. matter what the government tells me to do, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to preach. Why? Because I've been called by God to do that. It's not an option for me not to preach. Mm-hmm. Now, if the government comes in and says, I can no longer preach in our building, well, that's fine. Then I'll go outside and I'll preach, right? It's like, I'll accept. Okay, I can no longer preach here. Great. I'll go out here in the field in front of our church and I'll preach. We can no longer preach here. All right, I'll go up into the woods and I'll, pre- I mean, I'm just going to keep preaching mm-hmm. until they cut off my tongue, right? I'm not mm-hmm. going to stop preaching because I don't have that option. And then you're going to learn sign language. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Which I'm, which I pretty much do while I'm preaching anyway. My arms are all over the place, right? Because that's the reality, mm-hmm. right? And, uh, and I'm not necessarily going to tell the government, right? I've already told them, I've already shown them I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm announcing to them, well, hey, just letting you know to poke them in the eye. We're defying you. We're meeting in the woods this week. Mm-hmm. No, we're just going to do it. And that's what, again, you see that in the early church as well, but they're, but they're, but they're not, they're not, uh, uh, doing it uh, presenting their case and going, okay, well, well, we're not going to preach. We'll sign your document. I won't preach. And, and then they turn around and they go preach, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's being deceptive mm-hmm. and lying. And so that's where it gets, you know, tricky. Well, I'm glad you brought that back to that because I want you all to understand those that are listening this actual conversation was brought back up about God and government because of the question that was asked last time and one of the parts of the question is what I want to kind of get uh, an answer whether it be long or short 
um, it really has to do with uh, this idea of um, like, so I'll, I'll put it to you like this. So I'll read it again. I read the whole thing. Uh, just so you all understand the context. So in, in the last podcast, uh, uh, well, last year, we talked about Vax or no Vax. And um, this was one of the responses. I enjoyed the podcast. I have fairly strong views on the topic and appreciated the balanced view on vaccine choice. However, I would have loved to hear Pastor Matt's thoughts on a mandatory vaccine. What is a biblical response? Should our government require it if it becomes necessary to travel, shop, or conduct business? Is there a case for civil disobedience there? Suppose that in that situation, uh, there were an underground network of doctors willing to forge documents similar to forged ration cards provided for Jews during World War II. Is this a God-honoring method of resisting, or do we submit to the government in spite of our conscience? Keeping in mind that for many Christians, an anti-vax stance is not just a matter of health concerns, but it is partly due to the use of aborted fetus cells. Now, you've addressed most of this. Um, yeah, but one but part I do want you to yeah. address is the part about um, the conducting business. Yeah. Uh, the, if it be, if it's necessary to travel to shop or conduct business, because you know we did not take let's just and I don't like hypothetical situations. I live with a bunch of women, so yeah. that's all they do is bring up hypothetical situations. Yeah, but this isn't hypothetical because the Book of Revelation and the tribulation talks about this. But that, but that's, but I thought, and correct me if yeah. I'm wrong, I thought that was specifically because of the mark of the beast. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the worship. It's essentially the worship of of the beast. Right? So is it the worship? Because the are we comparing the mark of the beast to the corona? No, not at all. Not at all. A but, lot of people have, and yeah, that's why no, I'm bringing it up. Yeah, no, and, it's not the same thing. However, that reality, mm-hmm. uh, uh, that reality of of. Uh, for lack of a better word, lying and saying I've received a vaccine when I haven't, mm-hmm. right? I think you can go there and say, well, wait a minute. Would we say that it was right for people who didn't take the mark of the beast, but to falsify it and say, well, I have taken the mark of the beast. I really haven't, but here's my card that says I have, you mm-hmm. know, kind of deal. We would look at that and say, no, that's ludicrous, mm-hmm. right? We would look at that and say, no, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to. So I think what's underlining the question is the, is the, the the idea that it's that it's right to deceive and lie and i would say no it's never it's never right to do that well i didn't see it that way i yeah. thought it was more of when you were talking about the underground church yeah and wh- where we have followed the steps yep. we've appealed we've confronted we've defied yep. and then we've accepted yep uh on that defy uh, yeah, you know, uh, step. I think it's more there because of the fact that we've already followed the steps of the appeal. Yeah, but that, but now. that's that's confusing the issue because okay. the issue is in your defiance. And I said it a minute ago. I would never sign a document that says I will not preach. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I would never sign a document that says I will not preach, and I will not, you know, or that I have agreed to not preach or whatever when I know I'm going to preach because mm-hmm. I'd be lying. Right. Mm-hmm. That'd be utter. I, I'd be going again, going against the core convictions of standing for truth. And so I would never take a, if I believe that the vaccine is wrong and that it's wrong to for the government to mandate, if that's my position. And I'm not saying it is, but if if that was my position, like this person uh, insinuated, but for themselves, then I would never say, well, I, 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 I have taken the vaccine when I haven't. Mm-hmm. That would be a lie. That would be utterly deceptive. That would be wrong. That mm-hmm. would be wrong. 
um, it wouldn't be wrong for them to buy and sell underground because they're surviving and they're doing what they need to do, right? So it wouldn't be wrong for them to have an underground life, right, where they're figuring out how to find food and do all those things and do it as they should to provide. But it would be wrong for them to present themselves as something they're not, Got, right? Gotcha. Yeah, that's the that's the underlining issue that I think brings clarity, right? The confusing part is, should a government mandate this or that? Well, I think obviously no, but that that's a mute point because governments already do, mm-hmm. and they will continue to do. So it, it's more about how should the believer respond, and I think the believer should respond as, as, as we rightfully would in appealing, confronting, defying, but never deceiving, right? Never in the sense of blatantly, it's one thing, it's one thing to continue to obey God and do it wisely, right? By not broadcasting, mm-hmm. you know, what we're doing and all of that. Um, and we do, we live that way even now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, with what we do in our homes and stuff, you know, right. how we raise our children and all of those kind of things. So there's m- more of that that goes on than people want to admit. And mm-hmm. it's just reality. It's just being wise. Mm-hmm. Yet at the same time, right, no one's, no one's pretending to be pagan when we're really Christians, right? No one's pretending to be this when we're that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's where the dilemma is going to come up. Yeah, um, no, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't support an underground forgery. That's all deceptive. That's all lying. You know, it's one thing. It's one thing. Um, you know, to have an underground church and to be uh, preaching the word in the in the shadows and having meeting in barns and doing all those things. Of course, that's that's a no brainer. If it comes to that, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. But it's an it's another thing to uh, to uh, be deceptive and say nope. I, I'm I'm not going to worship God. I'm not going to do that. I've already agreed that I, I'm following the, the mandates or whatever, and then I really don't. That's, that's, a, bl- that's, that's a blatant lie, mm-hmm. and I don't see that at all mm-hmm. uh, warranted ever in Scripture. Yeah. I think you, you answered the question. I, th- I think that I probably wasn't explaining it correctly Yeah. Um, because my, my point was more or less like, you know, not saying that, hey, I'm not going to do these things and then go underground. It's like because of the fact that, yeah. you know, like preaching has been outlawed yeah. or us not taking the vaccine. Yeah. And we don't have like this card to show that we've been vaccinated. Yep. Instead of doing that, it's like, you know, like, hey, we're, we're not going to do that. But also, you know, we can now buy tomatoes from somebody up the road that yeah. we go and buy it from totally. because they're they have you know we have the same convictions Absolutely. and they're willing to sell it to us and we like and 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 the church has done that for centuries mm-hmm. you know again in the american church we're so foreign to this the churches around the world do this every sunday mm-hmm. right this is how they function I was, right. uh, I was i was reading an article just the other day where a church has to do their funerals in secrecy because uh in this region of of the world it's illegal to bury the dead right everything Mm. has to be cremated and this church has a strong conviction that that is not biblically warranted and so they do their funerals and their burials in secrecy right because this is their core this is a core conviction of theirs and so it's like yeah i mean this stuff goes on all the time that we don't in american context we don't resonate with it we don't realize that this happens you know meeting and 
back room alleys and in the woods and different places to worship because uh, they're going to be persecuted if they don't. And they're defying, you know, local local leaders, even tribes and whatnot to do this, to evangelize. I mean, most of the Hindus uh, that uh, martyr um, Christians martyr them because they've they've been told you cannot evangelize. I mean, it's illegal. Mm-hmm. Right in so many countries to proselytize, to evangelize, and yet most of the times when you hear about somebody uh, being killed in one of, the, especially in Hindu countries, it's because they were evangelizing or discipling or whatever. And uh, so it's like you're not going to stop doing that when you're a believer, despite whoever tells you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you're going to do it in a wise way. Yeah. But you're 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 not gonna uh, you're not gonna do it with sin. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. so uh, that's where forgery. Anytime you hear the word forgery, <laughs> you can just rest assured there's something wrong there. <laughs> right. Right. And so as believers, we just we're not gonna we're not gonna stoop the, to that level. And that's where the acceptance part comes in. Right. You're not accepting it. Right. You're trying mm-hmm. to go around it. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Now, uh, I'm going to switch gears a little bit because that was the first question <laughs> I had. Here's the second question. Um, okay, so this is a new year, and we are looking at 2021 now. Um, I know you are not the type of uh, pastor that declares and decrees uh, what will be happening in 2021. I, I can't even <laughs> declare or decree what's going to be happening in the next 20 seconds. <laughs> but... Uh, as far as the whole idea of, you know, starting anew and, yeah. you know, um, people make uh, resolutions. Uh, one of the books you pointed me to and I'll point everyone to. Um, OK, I say books because uh, I, I actually bought Stephen Stephen Nichols uh, version of um, uh, the resolutions by oh, yeah. Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Edwards. Edwards. Yeah. And also there's a letter to young Christians at the yep. back of that. So yep. if you could find that, I definitely would pick that up. But yep. it's Jonathan Edwards resolutions, 72 resolutions. I want to say 70 resolutions. Uh, absolutely great. Yeah. I try to read it at least once a week. Yeah. Um, but with that being the kind of like the backdrop of it and along with 2021, um, what are your thoughts on uh, people actually doing those types of things? I and mean, people may do a resolution or uh, they may in their brain say, well, I'm going to do this better. I'm going to do that better. Uh, what are your thoughts toward resolutions and what types of resolutions would you uh, uh, suggest that people actually take up? Yeah. Um this is a t- is this a tough question? Am no, I, am I, no, am I stumping I'm, you, or no. are you just trying to figure out your angle? I'm I'm reserving my my immediate no response. Th- let's just yeah. I, I I you asked, and so I'll give you, and then we'll get into what what matters more. But yeah, my feeling on resolutions are they're a distraction um, in the in the American con- context of what we. So so let me just be really clear. 99% of the people start their year out not with resolutions like you're referring to with Jonathan Edwards or anybody, you know, Puritan that focused to live their life as if they were going to die, you know, every day. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not what we talk about when we're talking about resolutions, mm-hmm. right? And those weren't, those weren't given at the beginning of the year. Those were lifelong, mm-hmm. right? And so 
what we talk about, which I think honestly is a joke, and that's why I'm reserved my comments because I would probably say something I might regret in my passion again. Yeah, and so so I'm I'm trying to be prudent here in my word choice. Gotcha. I think the modern church is distracted by the world when it comes to these resolutions because we tend to focus on things we eat, things we you know weight loss, and all of those things. Which again, I'm not in, I'm not against. That's that's called biblical that's called discipline mm-hmm. that's called self-control mm-hmm. so my point is always you better you better better off to not have all these resolutions that you set which by the third week of january most people are done with them mm-hmm. right and so all you're doing is building a habit of of uh, inconsistency and no discipline better off just look at the bible and be obedient because if you are then you will be resolved, right, to do the things like self-control, mm-hmm. which deals with above, you know, among many things, it deals with how you eat and, mm-hmm. and your weight and all of those things, right? And uh, so better better off to focus on Scripture and what the Bible says and let the truth talk than come up with your own plan of, I'm going to, you know, do this or that and have five going to help five people this year you know there's all kinds of resolutions whether it's around food whether it's around weight whether it's around you know exercise whether it's around money whether it's around whatever the bible deals with all of that you don't need to make a resolution Mm -hmm. to do that you just need to follow the word right just obey it and uh, so i think at the end of the day i'm not i mean it's not wrong for somebody to have a plan that's all resolution is in many ways it's like all right i'm planning this year to do that it's just sad that if we're honest most people make those plans and never do anything with them. Mm-hmm. And in large part, because whatever plan they develop is not from scripture. Right. Better off just to go to the Bible and say, you know what? I'm going to work on this this year. Mm-hmm. Right. The Bible says, commands me to be a man of self-control. You know what? I'm going to work on that. And here's five areas of my life that I see I need to get a better control on, mm-hmm. whether it's my eating, whether it's my talking, mm-hmm. whether it's my uh, computer time, whether it's my Bible time, whether it's my a time with the family, whatever. These are five, and I'm going to work on. That's great, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's being biblically obedient, mm-hmm. right? Because that's what it means to be a man of self-control, man of discipline, all of those things. Better off focused on that, which is you're commanded to. It's not an option. Better to do that than come up with some um, issue that it, it comes down to this, and you can see this in the resolutions of Jonathan Edwards, which are great. Are your resolutions man-centered? Or are they God-centered? So when you start to evaluate them, you realize really quickly most of them are man-centered, right? right. They're about me, mm-hmm. right? Rather than about God mm-hmm. and about pleasing him and about obeying him and about worshiping him. If they're God-centered, they're great. Well, if they're God-centered, they come out of the scriptures, right? Mm-hmm. So they're not really anything new. It's just a matter of doing what we've been commanded to do from day one. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not at all against somebody having a plan and and developing a system and all of that. I do that all the time in my own life. Yet the reality is better off just go with the plan that's already been given to us, and that's the Word of God. Mm -hmm. And it's all right there, right? It's all there. Just do what it says, right? I've said this many times. As believers, we would be a thousand times better if we would just focus on what is clear in Scripture, Right. We just had a long discussion on the vaccines and all of that, which it's a very controversial issues. And it doesn't matter how I answer it. It's not going to be right. Right. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. No matter what we say. And that's 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 okay. I'm because I understand that's the topic. 
But my thing, even with that, is it's you know at the end of the day we would do better and we would have greater wisdom and understanding in responding to that if we would actually focus more on what the Bible says so mm-hmm. clearly, right. right, about loving God and serving Christ and shepherding in the church and submitting to elders and, and serving my wife and, and raising my children. Like, if I focus on those that make those my passion, make those my pursuit, and then have this other thing over here with, what do I do with this vaccine, as a, for a lack of better words, but for clarity, as an addendum, Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you know, I'll pick that up, but I'm focusing on this. Mm-hmm. Like, this is my prayer, my focus, my study. And this over here, yeah, I'm going to glance at it every every so often, do a little research, figure it out. But I'm not going to worry about it, mm-hmm. right? Because it really is an addendum. Mm-hmm. This over here is the core curriculum that God has given to me. Mm-hmm. What do we do all the time in New Year's? We put aside the core curriculum and we focus on the addendums and we make the addendums, the core curriculum. And then we wonder why we're so confused. Mm -hmm. We wonder why we're so undisciplined and nothing ever happens. It's like, well, because you've moved away from the map. God's given you the map. Mm-hmm. He's given you the core curriculum. Follow the curriculum. Mm-hmm. Do what it says. And then these things over here that aren't clear, watch and see how clear they become. Mm-hmm. Watch and see how the core curriculum will put that in its place. That's really not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Same thing with disobeying government and all of that. It's like the Bible's given us what we should focus on, which is obedience to government. Like that should be the core. And then when it comes to disobeying government, if we're doing this rightly, and following the scriptures submissively and wholeheartedly, guess what happens? When that day comes to disobey government, it's really not that big of a deal in the sense of I know what to do. Right. Right? It will become clear to me. And Mm -hmm. again, you see that in scripture. Mm -hmm. When Daniel's presented with the case, he doesn't pontificate. He doesn't poll people. He doesn't sit down and pull out 25 books. What do I do? He knows. Mm -hmm. He knows what he's supposed to do. Why? Because he's been following the core curriculum. Paul the same way. The apostles, right? It's like they didn't have to think two seconds when they were told what to do. They didn't have to navigate some conundrum. They just said, no, we're not going to do that. And that's generally how it works. But when you're you're lopsided in your focus, Mm -hmm. then it gets all confusing and it's like, and Jesus Christ himself said that, right? You're going to be dragged in front of governors and synagogues, and you're going to be dragged in front of leaders, Gentiles, Jews, and they're going to persecute you. They're going to kill you. And he says, but don't worry about what to say. Don't worry about that. You'll know at, the, at, at just the right time what you're going to say because the Spirit of God will, will, will uh, lead you in that. And so oftentimes uh, we get ahead of ourselves in worrying about so many of these things when we should worry in the sen- in the biblical sense of concern and focus we should have that on what god has already commanded us to do mm-hmm. you know first thessalonians 4 1 to 7 ought to be the new year's resolution for every man which is what all about controlling his body i.e his passions that are that 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 are within him in his sinful nature mm-hmm. controlling them to a life of holiness and righteousness because God, because God has called us to sanctification, mm-hmm. not to immorality and adultery and wickedness. He's called us to a life of holiness. That is crystal clear. And he even says, this is God's will for your life. Mm-hmm. Crystal clear. Like that, that's the resolution, right, for the man. That's the focus, mm-hmm. not some of this other stuff. And if you're doing that, then this other stuff over here becomes really, really clear. Yeah. So there you that, go. That's good. I appreciate that. Um, the um, last year, uh, 2020, we 
as a church, started the year off reading Proverbs. Yes, we did. Excuse me. And it was, uh, you know, one uh, one chapter a day. So, yep. you know, January 1, it was you know, chapter 1, all the way through uh, chapter 31, which was January 31st. And, uh, you know, <laughs> retrospect, it was an amazing start to the year. It was. Especially because of the tests and trials we went through last year. We needed it. Yeah, we needed it. We didn't it. know we needed it <laughs> right. at the level we needed it, but God right. was good. So, um, I would definitely encourage you all, uh, depending on what day this is that you're listening to this to uh if not start now uh read from chapter one all the way up to wherever you are that's a good and, and that's, begin. A, that's a good way to just read the scriptures and to be in the scriptures and to begin to discipline yourselves let me just encourage our listeners it's better to do something small and do it well and consistent than mm-hmm. try to do something big and do it inconsistently and do it bad. Mm-hmm. And that's where most people go off the rails, like scripture reading or prayer, right? Better to start out with reading a chapter a day mm-hmm. than set out to read 10 chapters a day and you don't read any, yeah. right? Better to, better to do something small and consistent where you can actually meditate on the scriptures, where you can actually be saturated in the scriptures than just checking a box Mm -hmm. to appease your own pharisaical guilt, right? You know, Mm -hmm. and so, uh, so that's a really good one where you read uh, a proverb a day, right? Chapter one for day one. And, and, and it just sequentially continues. It's so easy to follow because it's already lined out 30, Mm -hmm. 31 days in the month, 31 chapters in in Proverbs, it's just, it's great, and it's wisdom, and it's so applicable, and there's so much meat for you to, to meditate on throughout your day. That's a really good one to do, mm-hmm. and to start out with, and then to grow in, uh, even reading a psalm a day, and, and, and just focusing through those first 30 for the first month, and then move on to the next 30, and, mm-hmm. and you know, it's it's amazing what you'll what you'll gain. And and there's many other good reading programs for those who have grown in their discipline and want to do more. But that's a good one that I I encourage people uh, all the time to start there and build up, build up your stamina, build up your your discipline. And and, uh, that's a good way to way to do it. That's what we did with our church last year. And it, it, it was great. Yeah. And, and it, for me, the reason why I like doing that is because there wasn't a day that went by that I did not open my Bible. Yep. It was like every single day I opened my Bible. If I had, you know, 20 minutes, 10 minutes, yep. I still got in and read my Bible. Now this brings you to the conviction, like, you know what? I really should be reading a little bit more. Yeah. So then you can move if you want to read, you know, yep. chapter one of Proverbs, chapter one of Psalms. Yeah. You know, you can do something like that and work your way through. I, I did hear that you can read through the whole book of Proverbs in 30 days along with, sorry, the whole book of Psalms in 30 days along with yep. Proverbs. So you read one Psalm and then five, uh, five Psalms yep. until you're one Proverb. Yep. The only thing is when you get to chapter 119, that's, that's a long reading day right yeah. there. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it still allows you to get through and to discipline yourself to make sure that you are able to read through something. But that's the problem. A lot of us don't open our Bible and read. Yeah. We may listen to a sermon, yep. but we need to also read as well. The biggest the biggest issue, you know, is is meditation mm-hmm. in the sense of of scriptural saturation where you're where you're saturating your mind and your heart in the truth. You don't need a whole chapter for that. Mm-hmm. You might just need one verse. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes that's even more effective. So it depends on who you are and, again, where you're at in life and where you're at in your walk with the Lord. 
but the misnomer is is somehow that just reading the Bible, it's like a magic talisman, right? It's like mm-hmm. some genie in a lamp. And mm-hmm. so many people have that view. It's just like if I just read my Bible, it's like no, it's way more than that, right? Yeah. It's 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 about reading and understanding. It's about reading, understanding and applying. It's about reading, understanding, applying and meditating, right? Mm-hmm. Saturating, soaking so that so that your Romans twelve, one and two, recalibrating your mind, right? So from the foolishness of the world to the wisdom of God's word. And that doesn't come by just your eyes glancing on the words of a page. You've got to let your heart then get down in there and and chew on that passage, chew on that verse, chew on the truth of the theology that comes out of that and really mull it around in your mind all day long and, and be confronting your heart in the way your heart sees differently than what the scriptures are saying. And I mean, that's that's the blessing of being in the Word every day. It's not just being in the Word every day, but having the Word in you, mm-hmm. right? Where the Word is doing its work in your heart, and it's changing you, it's confronting you, it's convicting you, it's conforming you. That's what it's about. But most people, sadly, it's literally, it's just another process, right? And that's the, the resolution. It's like, oh, I've read my Bible. I, mm-hmm. I said I'm going to read my Bible. I've checked it off. Now I mm-hmm. close the book and I turn on Rush Limbaugh or whatever and I'm riding to work. And now, you know, whatever I read is gone. I'm not thinking about it. Versus I read it and now I'm thinking about it. And I have the verse up on my dashboard. So every red light I stop at, I'm thinking about that verse of the day and I'm thinking about what it means. And I'm meditating. I'm checking my heart and I'm looking at it going, yeah, is that really me? And I mean, that now we're getting somewhere. That's mm-hmm. the Psalm 1 man. Right. Right. That's what you want. You don't want to be somebody who just reads the word. Right. Because first Corinthians 13 is clear. Knowledge puffs up. James one twenty two. That's it. Don't mm-hmm. simply read the word. So deceive yourself. Do mm-hmm. what it says. You want to be the Psalm one man that meditates on it day and night. And so in that sense, you know, it might be better for you to focus on a proverb a day or it might even be better. Um, I, I, one of one of our guys uh, just sent me a. Uh, uh, something that he's doing this year. He took uh, uh, something that Pastor John did, John MacArthur did for years, and he tweaked it a little bit to fit into his paradigm. But it basically is uh, where Pastor John uh, read through uh, the New Testament um, for three years, right? For three years, he did nothing but read through the same book of the New Testament for 30 days every day. So he would read through by doing five chapters a day. So in one month, he would read through the book of First uh, John, right? And, and it's like five chapters, and he would do that. Would, that would then, he could read through the book of First John every day for 30 days. And then he would go on to the, next, to the next book. And now some of the bigger books, he might take him three days to get through the book because he's only doing five chapters a day. But it took him three years, and he read through the New Testament, I, I forget how many times, mm-hmm. just consumed. Well, see, that's more focused study, and that's what Pastor John wanted to do because he spends most of his time in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, there's all kinds of ways to do it, but I think the issue that's often missed, it's about saturation more than it is about uh, accomplishment, mm-hmm. right? And, uh, and so I think uh, we just got to be careful be careful because the new year's resolution is about accomplishment it's just about checking the box but Mm -hmm. for the believer it's not about checking any box it's about being conformed into the image of christ Mm -hmm. that demands work that demands time that demands discipline and that's the difference and why i don't really like the new year's resolutions because it doesn't fit with the believer's uh mantra and mo for living a godly life Mm. that's good well i appreciate that 
And um, this will actually, it's going to conclude uh, today's uh, podcast because uh, that's a good word to live by. And the word that I keep hearing, you know, over and over is saturation of the scripture. Uh, We are definitely going to uh, be talking more about this, but we want you all to uh, know that we appreciate you all listening. And uh, we're grateful that you all taking the time out of your day to, uh, to, to just check back with us and see how we're doing <laughs> and talking through uh, the issues of scripture and the issues of the, the world as well. This is what uh, Colossians uh, 3, 16 and 17, right? Mm-hmm. Let the word of God dwell, dwell in you richly, mm-hmm. right? Singing hymns to one another and psalms, hymns and spiritual songs, right? Mm-hmm. Making melody in your heart to the Lord. That's what that's all about, right? Mm-hmm. It's where you're just saturated with the word mm-hmm. where, you know, Charles Spurgeon, right? When you cut him, he, he, he bleeds bibline, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, that's that's what you want. That's the pursuit of the godly man, the godly woman. That's if that's you, right? If you're if you're saturated with scripture, you're thinking scripture, you're living scripture. Things about vaccines and things about defying government they they are difficult gray area issues. I get that, but those become really clear when scripture is your guide, right. when scripture is your thought. Mm-hmm. And that's why Paul and, and the godly men of old, they navigated those difficult issues with relative ease by mm-hmm. way of, they didn't have to have a debate over it because the scriptures were how they were thinking. And so it is yep. with, with us. It, it can be, and it must be the same thing, but it's not trying to figure out every nuance of the vaccine or every nuance of the government. It's, it's literally meditating on every nuance of the scriptures mm-hmm. and letting them then guide and lead and, and, and strengthen us for whatever the Lord has ahead of us. Mm-hmm. All right. Is, is that is that all? I want to make sure I don't cut you off because I know you can go. That's all till next so, time. All right, all right, because I, I wanted to end the program, but I, I saw you bubbling. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not just gonna cut it off. I gotta hear what he has to say. So I just, but it's I just want to make a, sure it's a new year, brother. We're we're, we're rolling. We're rolling. Look, yeah. This- the yeah, stallion in the stalls, man. Come yeah. on, let me out. It's, yeah, you 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 just don't let the you don't let the horse stay in the stall. When, no. when that horse is ready to run, you just let it run. Bouncing so, up against the cage. Come yeah, on, that's man. what I saw. I was like, right, I, got, I, just, I was trying to end the podcast, but it, like, no, it's it's not time yet. But I just want to make sure that that we're good on this on on this subject right now. If there's anything else you want to add to it, you know, feel free to. No, I just so. I, I, I just I'll just keep going. So all right. Well, if you have any questions about anything that we have said or any questions for Pastor Matt, please feel free to email us at the Truth Talks Podcast at gmail.com. You can also look us up on Instagram and on Twitter, uh, the Truth Talks Podcast on Instagram and the Truth Talks P One on Twitter. But you can also leave us a voicemail at eight one two. Sorry, that's not the. Uh, that's not the uh, number. It's 612-88-TRUTH. And uh, you leave us a voicemail and we'll be happy to listen to those and answer any questions you have. Thank you all for tuning in. And now here is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The biblical gospel starts with God. Out of nothing, God made everything, including you and me, to bring himself much pleasure. His purpose for us as humanity was to love, obey, and enjoy him perfectly. Instead of this, man has sinned, against our loving creator and acted in rebellion. Since God is good and just, he must punish sin that deserves eternal conscious punishment under God's wrath in hell. But God, being merciful, loving, and gracious, had a plan to punish sin and so be a just judge 
and yet forgive sinners and so display mercy by sending his own son, Jesus Christ, the co-equal and co-eternal son of God to take on human flesh, fulfilling his perfect requirements in the place of sinners, loving, obeying, and enjoying him perfectly. Furthermore, Jesus bore the full wrath of God upon the cross, and he satisfied the eternal anger of God, standing in a place of sinners, though he was himself perfectly sinless. God showed his acceptance of Christ's sacrifice by raising Jesus from the dead after three days in the grave. Now Jesus commands everyone everywhere to repent, turn from their sin, and believe, trust in him. This is the glorious transaction. God then charges Christ's perfection to the sinner and no longer views him as an enemy, but instead an adopted son and daughters covered in the perfect righteousness of his son. We can now have peace with God and have eternal life with him forever. It's true for every person in every culture, in every place, in every language through all time. So our response to this good news is repentance and faith. Dear hearer, behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Turn from your sins. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and this day be reconciled to God. Thanks for tuning in to this. Please subscribe to the podcast and leave a comment. If you have a question, please send them to the truth talks podcast at gmail.com. Visit our Instagram and Twitter at the truth talks podcast and visit our website at bellcroftbiblechurch.org. Delighting in the word that we might walk in the truth. Ministry of Bellcroft Bible Church.